I have a confession to make. I have failed all of my fellow pancakers out there, and I'm sorry. I have tried to fight the good fight, but I just don't have enough people on my side, and honestly, I don't know what to do anymore. But welcome back, everybody, to the Random PM Podcast. And in this episode, I did probably one of the most important interviews I probably will and have ever done on the show. This, I worked really hard. I spent my hard-earned money. I did a lot because I love you guys and I appreciate everything y'all have done for me. By the way, your boy is 18. I'm an adult. We adulting out here, you know what I mean? I'm already paying bills and stuff. But yeah, why would I be a fool and make y'all wait for this episode? Let's just hop right into it. Okay, so so who are you? Go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. My name is Jordan Harbinger, and I'm a podcaster. I've been doing podcasts for 15 years, I would say. Yeah, that's about right. I'm in my 15th year. So one of the OG podcasters, if I do say so myself, and <laughs> a former attorney, father of two, and other things that people listening don't care about. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure they care, but... Man, you've been podcasting for a long time. So long time. I'm sure you've run across a bunch of cra- or not crazy, but a bunch of interesting individuals during that time. Definitely, yeah. I yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, you've heard the show, right? So I've got the mafia guys and the spies and the psychologists and the scientists. I mean, that's that's why I do the show because it's interesting, right? It keeps me meeting all kinds of people that you're just not going to run into at Target. <laughs> oh definitely i okay i get that so i want to kind of get this question out of the way because i'm sure it's sure. one you get asked all the time mm-hmm. but why why do you podcast what is your reason behind it oh man you know i, I kind of hinted at that i guess just a second ago with like keeping things interesting meeting interesting people i i originally wanted to be able to read books and ask questions of the authors and i guess that's what i still do in a way but it's gotten to be so much more than that you know i would always read something or see something i'd be like i just have so many questions but you never get those questions answered when you're reading a magazine article or book or a web page blog whatever and so i wanted to be able to engage with the creator and that's what podcasting allows me to do right i can actually I can actually engage with the creator of that work and have a conversation about the subjects that I want and dig deeper and things like that. So that's really, that's really it. You know, I never got into it thinking like, I'm going to get so rich doing this. You know, it's not really what you think about. It's not really what you're thinking about when you're doing some sort of like niche thing in a basement that, you know, your friend's basement or whatever, which is what, where we started and where most podcasts. Right. Okay. Yeah, I I like that a lot. I started podcasting because I know that there's a lot of hurt in the world right now. And I believe the best form of helping them out is comedy. So I love to make people laugh. That's why Uh that's why I did that. So I I, want to make this interview different for you. I'm sure you go on a lot of shows and they're like, so why do you podcast, blah, blah, blah. But I want to ask you questions that you may not get asked like every day, make them random. Sure. So (laughs) Get ready for this one. So my first question to you is, are you a waffle or pancake kind of guy? Uh, you know, that's a that's an impossible choice. I think we both know that. I mean, uh, waffles are delicious and pancakes are also delicious, but they're delicious in different ways. If it's up to me, I'm having both, honestly. <laughs> I like that answer, both. See, a lot. Of, I'm a pancaker myself. I can't do waffles. They're weird to me. 
You can't do waffles. It, look, it, it, is it one of those where you just haven't had the right waffle? Because there's something. So with pancakes, what bugs me is they absorb the syrup. And with waffles, the syrup goes into those little reservoirs and you get a burst of it sometimes where you're just like, damn, that didn't go in there at all. And it's like a little <laughs> lake. Right. Yeah. That's what I appreciate. Although, on the other hand, you do get things like blueberry or chocolate chip pancakes, and you can't Ooh. really do that with waffles well. You can try, but they just kind of fall apart. Right. Okay. I don't think it's a thing of I haven't had the right waffle. It's just for me, I feel like with the little divots, the little grid, I feel like I always overpour, and then I get yeah. more syrup to waffle than syrup to pancake. I know that's kind of a weird question, but I really No, no, that's true. Know. You're right. The syrup to waffle ratio is it's almost it's almost impossible to get right. With pancakes, <laughs> you can at least spread it and get it from one place to another, but if it gets in that little hole and there's too much, it's at the game the game is over. Right. So what was your I guess what were what were you like when you were younger? Cuz see, I actually turn 18 tomorrow. Tomorrow's my birthday. And so Happy I'm kind birthday. of thank you. So I'm a little bit nervous about going into adulthood but what would you say on like what was it like being younger and back now i'm not calling you old of course but back and, i am old i'm 42 i'm definitely uh, old <laughs> no not at all yeah early 2000 but like what was it like when you were a kid i'm kind of i'm very interested in your background a little bit yeah honestly if i'm if i'm going to be completely candid i was really lonely a lot of the time as a kid i was an only child but it wasn't just that there weren't other people around it was that i felt like even when there were people around I was different than they were, so I, that was kind of a lonely existence. Remember, the internet was a very small sort of fledgling thing too, so if you reached out to other people on the internet, all you had were kind of like chat rooms, the internet was slow, you didn't really see anybody face to face, there were sort of communities, but they were all asynchronous, so you wouldn't necessarily, you'd post something and then like three days later somebody would respond. It wasn't like today where there's thousands of people and they're all on Twitch and you can watch YouTube and engage in the kind of like that didn't all exist. So a lot of that stuff was super lonely, man. And then in addition to that, I would say that the, I, I, I never felt like I was going to be able to fit in or be an adult that had, that was satisfied with their life. And what I mean by that is I just thought like, Oh, Everybody who seems to be so happy with what they're doing, their existence seems really boring. And huh. I wasn't sure if that was something everybody felt or if it was just me. And also, I still feel that way. Like, I still almost in a way, I'm almost envious of somebody who knew what they wanted to be before they graduated from high school, went to college for that thing, got that job, had kids when they were 27 after working that job for four years and getting married to the person they dated in high school. I'm like, man, you had it all figured out early. Whereas for me, I knew that I wouldn't be satisfied with that. So I knew, I was like, am I ever gonna figure this out? Am I ever gonna find something I like to do? Am I ever gonna be fulfilled? You know, am I ever gonna be able to settle in? And that, so it was very uncertain. And I don't remember that being a very pleasant experience. Wow, that, that went way deeper than I thought it was. That's That's deep. So then, so if I, I sometimes feel like that, but then what, so for me, again, comedy. So what makes you laugh? Like, I kind of want to know, so maybe I can make a joke or two. What makes you laugh? What is comedy to you? Oof. You know, that's, that's a tough one. Cause I'm not a super, I'm not like always into comedy stuff myself, but I, I was watching, I like, you know, I, I, what do I like? I used to love the daily show with Jon Stewart. I watch a little bit of the Trevor Noah stuff, but it's not exactly my kind of humor anymore. And I think, 
the kind of the reason I like Jon Stewart was because he would take something that's pretty sad, you know, a current event type thing that we'd all been reading about. Right. And he would make fun of the people who made it bad and maybe give us some hope for making it better or talk about what needs to get done. And he would also make fun of it to the point where you'd be like, oh, well, OK, you know, this is something we can at least still laugh at, even if it's like a tragic thing. In like the state of our democracy or whatever. So I, I dig that. I think that's kind of fun to do. I'm less of a I'm less of a slapstick, you know, Kevin Hart kind of comedian uh. like comedy guy. I'm less of that. I don't I don't not like him, although I will say his comedy special that I saw on Netflix that he did in his basement was not my thing at all. I thought that sucked. Oh <laughs> hey, I like the honest opinion though. Okay, I understand that. Slapstick comedy isn't for everybody, but so you went you went to the podcast convention. I was there. I literally spoke to you. Yeah. What was it like being there with your your show is very good. I was actually listening to the one you deal with the one you just did with Neil. I, I can always mess up his last Neil name. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes, I was listening yeah. to that one. But what is it like going to events like that with your podcast being as successful as it is? Like, do a bunch of people ask you for favors? Like, hey, since you're up here, can you come grow me? Or like, what is it like being at that higher sad as going to events like that yeah i like it i mean look it, it, i was never like a super popular kid in high school i wasn't a nerd or anything but i definitely wasn't i'm not used to that kind of attention i do find some of that attention a little uncomfortable but it's only because i'm i'm not i don't crave it so i'm not like always like i need to find a crowd that adores me i don't do that <laughs> but I, I like it because it means you know i'm helping enough people that they cared to show up to the panel i was on and talking on and they care enough to listen to the show and they care enough to engage you know the 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 i can't remember who said this i'm sure it's a million different types of people artists have said this but really the best thing that you can hope for as an a creator of anything is that people actually care enough to engage with your work. And usually they're saying that when somebody says something really horrible about their work and they're like, hey, at least people care to talk about it. And it's like, hey, you're just rationalizing it. Somebody shitting all over your work is not not pleasant. <laughs> but when, when people are like, hey, I just wanted to take a photo with you or say hi, or I love your show, it's really cool. That's really a lot of fun because when you're creating a lot of times, creating anything, frankly, you're in a vacuum. You know, I am not in normal, I've done live shows, but it's rare. I'm not on stage where people are clapping, clapping and laughing. I'm in a room looking at somebody on Zoom or not, <laughs> you know, not even looking at them, depending on the type of episode. I'm looking at my notes. It's kind of like I'm just chatting on the phone and they might be nervous or whatever. And so I don't have any indication if the audience is going to be like, this is fascinating. I have no idea. I release something. and I'm like, this is so good. Crickets. Or I release something and I'm like, oh, gosh, I hope that was OK. I wasn't feeling a little off. And then you get, you know, 100 emails about how great it was and how it changed someone's life. So you don't get that real time feedback. And that can be kind of you kind of can get into your head about that. So going to a place where people say, hey, I loved this and that and the show about this and that, that was really, 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 that that really, really helps. Not that I require outside validation to be able to do my work, but it certainly helps to have positive feedback and encouragement. I think that's normal for literally anyone. Oh, I agree. I remember I blinded you with my camera with the flash on that part. I do remember. Yeah, I, uh, I you know, I again, though, I appreciate I appreciate that type of thing because it's like, hey, let's do this. I mean, 
I get it. I get it. If you're an A-list celebrity, if you're The Rock and you can't even eat sushi because people are like trying to take photos of you eating in the background, that would be annoying. But podcasters were basically invisible. So if once a year, twice a year, I go to some place where people know who I am in large numbers and I'm taking photos and stuff a, a bunch, I mean, I don't think anybody in their right mind is going to complain about that unless you're like have social anxiety to the point where it makes you panic, which, you know, I'm not there. So <laughs> That's I good. enjoy it. That's good. What would you so what would you be doing if so? I remember back then the, an the analytics weren't even a thing, but. That's right. What, what would you be doing right now if your show never took off? Have you ever thought, huh, what would I be doing if my show flopped? Like even when analytics came around, you were looking and you're like, ooh, 20. Ooh, that's low. And like, what would you be doing right now? I'm very curious what you think you would be doing. It's a really good question because it's very there's always a scenario in which nobody cares about what you create, right? I would just be doing it as a hobby, but what would I be doing for work? Oh gosh, I mean, I'd probably be using my law degree and I'd be oh. working somewhere, you know, as an attorney, although that's not necessarily super appealing to me. I also, there's a good chance I would have tried to join something like the Peace Corps, because that's really interesting to me. You know, you live in a foreign country, you help people. It's, it, that's, a, that's a cool existence also. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I get that. I, I wonder, I started, so I started podcasting when I'm, I'm young. So I have a long journey to go, but, and I know you, I know you probably get this question, but what would you tell someone who was like me, who didn't see the big numbers, who didn't, who was like, Oh, I thought episode one, well, I'm supposed to be the next Jordan. What the heck off of episode one. <laughs> so what would you tell people to, I guess, not be mean, like, Oh, you suck. So you're not going to grow. But like, what would you tell people? Be honest with me. How do you, sure. How do you handle with the slow growth? What did you, how did you handle? You know, like I, I sort of, sort of as you alluded to in the beginning of the question, I didn't have podcast analytics in the beginning, so I didn't know about the growth. But I, t I always tell people like, look, man, it's a hobby. It's supposed to be fun. Enjoy it. If it makes money along the way and you get to pay for your, I don't know, your, your computer in a couple years based on the ad revenue you're getting from it, cool. You get to buy a new microphone and it's paid for buy the revenue you earn from your podcast cool you know but look at it like a hobby that may occasionally generate some revenue don't look at it as don't look at it as a business that is failing because it's not monetized and i think that's important for any sort of creative work i mean there's plenty of folks that are crap making some sort of arts and crafts and then they put it on etsy and they get a few orders and they're like, oh, this is my business now. And then the orders <laughs> die down a little bit and they're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not good at this or I'm not doing well because nobody's ordering these. And it's like, well, wait a minute, you're making, you're knitting quilts, you know, what, what, why does that have to be a money-making thing? You made money off of some of them, but why did you just allow that, uh, that instance, that occurrence to transform your hobby into a job? And now it went from a hobby that was highly successful, successful enough that people wanted to pay you for your work, and it, it, it turned into a job that wasn't successful because not enough people wanted to pay you for your work. I'm like, why flip that switch? You know, don't don't flip that switch. It doesn't do any good for you. The, the only time you should flip that switch is when you are constantly, maybe you, you've made enough where you're quitting your day job and you're doing that because you're getting paid more doing your hobby than you were doing your day job, you know, that kind of thing. And even then you can start treating something like a business, but make the biz, make it drag you into that. Don't, don't flip that switch out of ego or out of it, you know, 
enthusiasm because you're just turning your hobby into a job and there's no better way to run a hobby than to turn it into a job. Ooh, that's smart. I had to learn that. And I'm glad I'm glad you were there because that was kind of my wake up moment. But do you have any like on the low hobbies that nobody ever asked you about or is like podcasting it, or do you have any other hobbies? I'm just curious. You know, I study Chinese. I've got two kids, which will demolish any hobbies that you thought you had (laughs) before. I love traveling. But again, see, also have two little kids. I haven't been doing much of that. And so I would say languages and stuff, travel. That's that's it. I don't do it. I don't have anything normal like cooking. I do work out. And so but is fitness really a hobby or is that just something you have to do to stay alive? I'm not really sure. I I don't know if I call (laughs) it a hobby. I think it's just something I do to stay alive. Right. Um, I, you know, I, what do I geek out on? I mean, I read a lot of news. I know that's freaking lame. You know, I look at Reddit. That's, that's oh, makes Reddit. Me sound like such a fucking nerd. Now <laughs> I listen on, I look on Reddit all the yeah, time. I of course. Agree. I mean, that is like, it's, it's awesome. It's like a, it's like a guilty pleasure. It's kind of like, it's kind of like admitting you watch Real Housewives. I'm like, yeah, I'm on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm on Reddit. I have to say it like that too. They'll be like, you have Reddit? Yeah, I'm yeah. on Reddit. Dude, you learn so much interesting stuff on Reddit though, because you'll be you'll be like, wait a minute, I don't understand how this possibly works. And someone will chime in and be like, submolecular quantum nuclear physicist PhD candidate here. Let me explain it to you. And I'm like, yeah. wow, where else do you get that? And well, I'll tell you where else. Podcasts. But other than that, Reddit is really the only place where you see that happen. All right. How many languages do you know? Mm. I got English, German. Spanish, which is rusty, uh, Serbo-Croatian, which is even more rusty, really Serbian, because that's where I learned it, and Mandarin Chinese. Wow. Oh, I didn't know you spoke that many languages. Yeah, so five, if you count English, which you probably should. I will. So which one do you think you're most confident in? Say you had to restart your show English. from the beginning. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I English is my native language, man. Everything I learned over, everything I learned aside from English, I learned after the age of 18. So, oh, yeah. I see. So it's it's not like I grew up speaking like Spanish and German and all that stuff. And I'm like, no, no, no. I those are all things I learned as an adult. So they're not even close to my level of English. Okay. Well, I have one final question for you, and I always save this one kind of for last because you can sure. go deep. You can go as deep with it as you want. You know, so, I will. I know. <laughs> okay. So I'm dying. I'm on what? No, not now. Not not actually. It's oh, I was hypo- like, this is so much more. Why do you tell me that in the beginning, Devin? <laughs> hypothetical. Hypothetical. Okay. I'm dying. I'm on my deathbed. You're there for some reason. You're in the same hospital. I'm like, Mr. Jordan, sir, I want one piece of advice. If you could tell me anything, what would be your advice, your motto, your anything? What would you tell me as like your major? This is you, your advice. What would you tell? Oh man, we're both dying though. I mean, can we move around or and we're dying or are we just stuck? Oh, in the I bed? have to explain the dying. No, like, okay, hold, okay, yeah, let, because let me... otherwise it's like let's go to Greece, bro. Okay, let me let's go let me... bang some. <laughs> no, don't, I didn't say that. I'm married happily. So yeah, that's but that's advice for you. Let's um, reverse no, but it. But if you can't move, yeah. you're like you're in bed. No, never like, mind. Go go travel. You're dying, and I'm the one getting the advice, <laughs> and I'm the one gonna be moving around. What would you tell me? Let's rephrase it. You know, I would say, and this is something that t- didn't take me as long as other people to learn, but something I still stressed about a lot. Don't optimize for the amount of money you're going to make in your life. Optimize for doing something that is fulfilling. Because I only became an attorney because I was like, I need financial security. But really, if I had done other things, like gotten a job overseas, worked in radio like I eventually ended up doing after leaving law, starting my podcast as a hobby, like everything I've done that's really fulfilling and that's led to actually way more money than law ever would have, 
it has been has been because I did what I wanted to and what I found fulfilling and not because I was chasing the dollar. So I realize people got to survive, but there's there are ways to start doing things that are fulfilling and your level of happiness will always be higher if you do fulfilling work, even if it pays you less. And the science bears that out. It's not I'm not just making this up like science fully, fully shows social science that people who are happier and more fulfilled live longer, stay happier. They're less affected by financial stress than people who are purely optimizing for for money. And and people who are more fulfilled are happier than people who are wealthy and unfulfilled. It's just just facts. That is facts, man. This this was fun. I'm very I'm very happy I was able to have you on, and I hope you were able to get. I don't know because I feel like with someone who podcasts as much as you, I'm sure you get the same questions of who are you, why do you do what you do, stuff True. like that. So I was hope yeah. I was I was trying to give you a different experience than you would normally get, but also I people get to know who you are as well. So I hope. Hell yeah! No, I appreciate it, man. Well done. No, I appreciate it, but. I'm going to wrap it up here. You did every, you answered everything I needed answered and we had a good laugh about who's dying and all that good stuff. So if you want to say anything else, this is your time, but I have nothing else to say. If people are interested in what I have to say, check out the Jordan Harbinger show. That's my podcast. That's where I keep the, how I keep the lights on. That's all I got to say, but thanks, man. It's been, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate the quirky offbeat questions. Definitely not my average interview. Of course that was, that was the goal. Thank you. You got it, Devin. I'll see you at the, the next event. Oh, sounds good. I'll be there. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, you too. Bye. Man, what an interview and what a guy. I'm glad that even though he's at the top um, when it comes to podcasting, he still took time to come interview. Or not, I interviewed him, but I can't appreciate him enough. You already know he's going to be tagged. I appreciate you guys more than you know. And there's huge things coming for the show, whether you like it or not. So sit down, sit tight. Yeah, y'all, y'all really thought I was about to change the ending of the show? Come on now, y'all are silly. Y'all know the drill. Get with the program and stay random. Thank you so much for listening.